0: Dear brethren and sisters, Sunday morning is here once again, and so we meet around the Word of God and around the emblems of the death and resurrection of Jesus. We remember in the breaking of bread the means by which God has been pleased to make possible our salvation. And Peter wrote in his first letter, The prophets undoubtedly knew that they were foreshadowing as well as foretelling the life of the Son of God. And the prophets foretold the work of Jesus in words and actions and in many aspects of their own personal circumstances. So much so that when Jesus asked his disciples, whom do men say that I am, he got the reply, John the Baptist, Elias, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Some of the people thought evidently then that Jesus actually was Jeremiah. So similar were the missions and the words of those two great servants of the God of Israel. And the three great characters, John the Baptist, Elijah and Jeremiah are united by their unfaltering denouncement of apostasy. And, of course, this was also true of Jesus in the climax of his ministry. And especially in this respect, the likeness of Jeremiah the prophet and Jesus the Son of God stands out very strong and clear both Jeremiah and Jesus had a mission given to them by God, a mission to reform a cynical, grasping priesthood, a mission to cleanse the temple of a great multitude of abuses, a mission to renew a spirit of true religion in a people that had become filled with a superstitious dependence upon formalism both jeremiah and jesus were known of god and appointed for their work even before they were born as indeed has every one of us and like many of us these two men were both men of sorrows and acquainted with grief they bore the reproach of men They called the people to repentance, even as the leaders of the people continually tried to find fault while making a show of piety. They were both rejected by their families, both mocked and hated by their countrymen, both derided and disclaimed by false prophets, Yet both Jeremiah and Jesus had divine protection until God willed otherwise. And then they were scourged by the chief priests, given by weak and vacillating rulers into the hands of the people. Both were condemned to die by prophets, false prophets, that is, unfaithful priests and iniquitous people even though neither Zedekiah, in Jeremiah's case, nor Pilate, in Jesus' case, neither could find any cause of death in these victims of avarice and malicious hatred. And so Jeremiah went on to suffer a symbolic death and resurrection, but Jesus suffered a very real death, for the sins of the world, and an equally real resurrection for the salvation of the world. Both Jeremiah and Jesus proclaimed the temple, which was supposed to be the house of God, they both proclaimed it to have become a den of thieves, and both foretold its destruction. Both men spoke of the destruction of Jerusalem and wept for the city. They warned the people to flee from it when its enemies attacked, and yet they both predicted its coming glory in the kingdom of God. Both Jeremiah and Jesus proclaimed God's message and they openly and publicly condemned the nation's self-satisfied religious leaders. They both taught a new covenant, and both were described as a lamb brought to the slaughter. And perhaps most importantly of all, they both trusted absolutely in God for salvation, as do we. There were times when the appeal of Jesus seemed to be a deliberate echo of the words of Jeremiah. His call to those who heard the message of the kingdom was to there and then make up their minds to follow him. And Jesus said, "Ye shall find rest unto your souls. And this was the very same appeal that Jeremiah had made and largely with the same result. They said, we will not hearken. Both men were completely and utterly set apart by their dedication to the work laid upon them. Jesus became wide open to the criticism that he was conventional in nothing. We have piped unto you, and ye have not danced. We have mourned unto you, and ye have not lamented. And this was a very close imitation of Jeremiah's way of life. For Jeremiah was bidden, Enter not into the house of mourning, neither go into the house of feasting. It was a way of demonstrating just how urgent was the need for action to escape the impending judgment. And by the time of Jesus, that need had become even more pressing. Just as Jeremiah reminded the nation that the Lord tries the reins to give every man according to his ways, so also Jesus warned of a day when he personally will reward every man according to his works. For now, he said, the Father hath committed all judgment unto the Son, and for that judgment we wait, but not for long. Jeremiah and Jesus were both entirely separate from the world in their way of life. The word of God touched every aspect of their lives, just as it must for us. The reason for Israel's departure from God's law was because they have forsaken the fountain of living waters. And so Jesus said, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. And as we're all very well aware, we neglect the law and the word of God at our peril, and likewise we too neglect separation from the world at our peril. Well, the Lord's ministry was to culminate in a sustained appeal and a warning such as only hearts of stone could resist. But resist they did, because they did have hearts of stone. And throughout it all, the voice was the voice of Jeremiah. Was the temple really a house of prayer? No. So both Jeremiah and Jesus were moved to ask, Is this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. And even if the words differed, the spirit of the warning was still the same. Go ye now into my place, which was in Shiloh, And see what I did to it for the wickedness of my people, said God through his prophet Jeremiah. And so what could Jerusalem expect after it had slain the Son of God? Well, it is possible that we too have hearts of stone either towards God and his Son, perhaps even towards our brethren and sisters. We need to pay attention to God's word to make sure that our hearts do not turn to stone. And as the Apostle Paul reminds us, it is possible for us to crucify the Son of God afresh by neglecting to honor him and his great sacrifice. Through Jeremiah, God said, I spake unto you, rising up early and speaking. And never since Jeremiah was there such a crescendo as that which the people of Israel were going to hear from Jesus. O Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered thy children? And ye would not. And so Jesus wept over Jerusalem as Jeremiah had done before him. And yet still they bent their tongues like a bow for lies. They refused the things that belonged unto their peace and comforted themselves with falsehoods. Peace, peace, when there is no peace for the wicked. They learned absolutely nothing of the time of their visitation, but the day of judgment did come just as surely as Jeremiah had foretold. And so our day of judgment will come just as surely. It was a grim picture of wrath and inevitable destruction that was painted by Jeremiah. And it was true in every detail of the judgment which the rejection of Jesus would likewise incur. Therefore, deliver up their children to the famine, pour out their blood to the sword, and let their wives be bereaved of their children and be widows, And let their men be put to death. Let their young men be slain by the sword in battle. Hew ye down trees and cast up a mount against Jerusalem. This is the city to be visited. And I will cause them to be removed into the kingdoms of the earth. And we know how that was fulfilled in the events of AD 70 and AD 135. Jeremiah and all the prophets and all the servants of God but especially Jesus suffered so much and these are people with whom we hope to share the kingdom of God. There are also other dramatic features common to Jeremiah and Jesus. There were plots against them In fact, plots against the reputation and indeed the life of Jesus began quite early in his ministry. And as it proceeded, those plots intensified right up to the time of their evil consummation in Golgotha. Some 600 years earlier, Jeremiah had experienced it all. So much so that he said, "'Woe is me, my mother!' that thou hast borne me a man of strife and contention. Every one of them doth curse me. They derided him in every way they could think of. They said Jeremiah was mad. They sneered at him. He maketh himself a prophet. And their descendants said just the same about Jesus. He hath a devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? And all those repeated efforts to make Jesus look foolish in controversy were matched in the experience of Jeremiah. I heard the defaming of many. Report, say they, and we will report it. All my familiars watched for my halting, saying, Peradventure he will be enticed, and we shall prevail against him, and we shall take our revenge on him. That is a quotation from Jeremiah chapter 20. But if you didn't know that, you might well think it came straight from the gospel records, for exactly the same was true of Jesus. This treatment nearly broke the prophet's spirit. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocketh me. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But Jesus, for our sakes, continued on the thorny, rocky path that God had set before him. Indeed, his own spiritual crisis in Gethsemane was marvellously like that of Jeremiah. And it had the same outcome, but much more triumphant. And dear brethren and sisters, how thankful we ought to be that Jesus did persevere in the work that was set before him, hard as it was, even though he was the Son of God. And we look forward to being welcomed into the kingdom of God by Jesus. The essential goodness of both Jeremiah and Jesus meant little or nothing to men who were vile of nature and evil of purpose. And so Jeremiah prayed... Remember that I stood before thee to speak good for them, and to turn thy wrath from them. But they said, Come, and let us devise devices against Jeremiah. Come, and let us smite him with the tongue, and let us not give heed to any of his words. Instead of paying the least attention, they digged a pit for his soul. And again, all this might be straight out of the gospel records. Truly, as James wrote, Jeremiah was an example of suffering affliction and of patience, and it was for our sakes. And so there came a time when conspiracy was found among the men of Judah and among the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They devised devices against me, saying, Let us destroy the tree with the fruit thereof and let us cut him off from the land of the living. And Jeremiah, in his distress, said, I was like a lamb or an ox that is brought to the slaughter. And so again, Jeremiah foreshadowed the Lamb of God who was sent to take away our sins, which sacrifice we will remember in a moment in the bread and the wine. There were two other occasions when Jeremiah seemed to come wondrously close to death in his imitation of the sufferings of Jesus. When Jeremiah made his great appeal at the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the reception he got was exactly the opposite of what he deserved. There were accusations against him, the anger of the rulers, their maligning of his character, but on his part, an unfaltering attitude and solemn warning, a spirit of quiet resignation, his pointed reminder about the shedding of innocent blood. There was indeed the defense put up by the princes of integrity declaring his innocence. And in all these details, the record speaks quite as much about Jesus as about Jeremiah. Then in Jeremiah 38, which we shall read this week, God there is the narrative of this sorely slandered prophet, condemned on the basis of a false accusation, and in the pit which his enemies intended to become his grave, the prophet came face to face with death. A horrible experience. But in due course, the stone of his tomb was rolled away and he was brought forth to a divine assurance of blessing. And when Jerusalem was reduced, as he had prophesied, to a grim ruin, there were a few faithful friends, both Jews and Gentiles, who remained true to him and may we take their example and remain faithful to the greater prophet whatever others might think or say or do to us well the kingdom of god will soon be here and when god willing we stand in our lot at the end of the days jeremiah will be there too there will be so many with whom we shall make acquaintance and renew acquaintance. Jeremiah's deed of purchase witnessed by Baruch will prove his right to that property at Anathoth and from his inheritance there, he will be able to look out both literally and metaphorically past Golgotha to Zion. There, Jesus, the Lord, our righteousness, Once scorned and rejected, with all the humiliation that Jeremiah knew, Jesus will reign in glory, and then Jeremiah will know that his sufferings and his almost completely unheeded witness were not, in fact, in vain. Jeremiah's sharing of the reproach of Christ will be the means of his greatest glory and joy. And this is true for us too. And all this will be possible because of the sacrifice and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which Jeremiah foreshadowed so vividly. Like the prophet, Jesus was a man of intense feeling, both for God and for his people. And may this be true of us also, in our relations with our brethren and sisters. Let us share one another's burdens as Jeremiah shared the burdens of his people, as Jesus took on the burden of sin of the whole world. All this he did to make our salvation possible. And we look forward to meeting Jeremiah and so many others in the kingdom. And now we we'll remember the means by which our salvation has been made possible. Of which salvation, continuing that quotation from Peter, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Dear brethren and sisters, none of our sufferings are in vain and we look forward to the day when sorrow and sighing and infirmity of every sort will be no more. And now we remember Jesus in the breaking of bread.